This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Rinky-Tink in Oz by L. Frank Baum Chapter 4 The Deserted Island All through that terrible night Prince Inga remained hidden in his tree. In the morning he watched the great fleet of boats depart for their own country, carrying his parents and his countrymen with them, as well as everything of value the island of Pingaree had contained. Sad indeed were the boy's thoughts when the last of the boats had become a mere speck in the distance, but Inga did not dare leave his perch of safety until all of the craft of the invaders had disappeared beyond the horizon. Then he came down, very slowly and carefully, for he was weak from hunger and the long and weary watch, as he had been in the tree for twenty-four hours without food. The sun shone upon the beautiful green isle as brilliantly as if no ruthless invader had passed, and laid it in ruins. The birds still chirped among the trees, and the butterflies darted from flower to flower, as happily as when the land was filled with a prosperous and contented people. Inga feared that only he was left of all his nation. Perhaps he might be obliged to pass his life there alone. He would not starve, for the sea would give him oysters and fish, and the trees fruit, yet the life that confronted him was far from enticing. The boy's first act was to walk over to where the palace had stood, and search the ruins until he found some scraps of food that had been overlooked by the enemy. He sat upon a block of marble, and ate of this, and tears filled his eyes as he gazed upon the desolation around him. But Inga tried to bear up bravely, and having satisfied his hunger, he walked over to the well, intending to draw a bucket of drinking water. Fortunately, this well had been overlooked by the invaders, and the bucket was still fastened to the chain that wound around a stout wooden windlass. Inga took hold of the crank and began letting the bucket down into the well, when suddenly he was startled by a muffled voice crying out, "'Be careful up there!' The sound and the words seemed to indicate that the voice came from the bottom of the well, so Inga looked down. Nothing could be seen on account of the darkness. "'Who are you?' he shouted. "'It's I, Rinky-Tink,' came the answer, and the depths of the well echoed, Tinky-Tinky-Tink, in a ghostly manner. "'Are you in the well?' asked the boy, greatly surprised. "'Yes, and nearly drowned. I fell in while running from those terrible warriors, and I've been standing in this damp hole ever since, with my head just above the water. It's lucky the well was no deeper, for had my head been under water instead of above it, Hoo-hoo-hoo! Ee-ee! Under instead of over, you know. Why, then I wouldn't be talking to you now. Ha-hoo-hee! And the well dismally echoed, Ha-hoo-hee! which you must imagine was a laugh half-merry and half-sad. "'I'm awfully sorry,' cried the boy in answer. "'I wonder you have the heart to laugh at all. "'But how am I to get you out?' "'I've been considering that all night,' said Rinky-Tink, "'and I believe the best plan will be for you to let down the bucket to me, "'and I'll hold fast to it while you wind up the chain, "'and so draw me to the top.' "'I will try to do that,' replied Inga, and he let the bucket down very carefully until he heard the king call out, I've got it. Now pull me up. 
Slowly, my boy, slowly, so I won't rub against the rough sides. Inga began winding up the chain, but King Rinkitink was so fat that he was very heavy, and by the time the boy had managed to pull him halfway up the well, his strength was gone. He clung to the crank as long as possible, but suddenly it slipped from his grasp, and the next minute he heard Rinkitink fall plump into the water again. That's too bad, cried Inga in real distress, but you were so heavy I couldn't help it. Dear me, gasped the king from the darkness below, as he sputtered and coughed to get the water out of his mouth. Why didn't you tell me you were going to let go? I hadn't time, said Inga sorrowfully. Well, I'm not suffering from thirst, declared the king, for there's enough water inside me to float all the boats of Rigos and Carigos, or at least it feels that way. But never mind. So long as I'm not actually drowned, what does it matter? What shall we do next? asked the boy anxiously. Call someone to help you, was the reply. There is no one on the island but myself, said the boy, excepting you, he added as an afterthought. I'm not on it, more's the pity, but in it, responded Rinkitink. Are the warriors all gone? Yes, said Inga, and they have taken my father and mother and all our people to be their slaves, he added, trying in vain to repress a sob. So, so, said Rinkitink softly. And then he paused a moment as if in thought. Finally, he said, There are worse things than slavery, but I never imagined a well could be one of them. Tell me, Inga, could you let down some food to me? I'm nearly starved, and if you could manage to send me down some food, I'd be well fed. Hoo hoo! Ee ee ee! Well fed! Do you see the joke, Inga? Do not ask me to enjoy a joke just now, Your Majesty, begged Inga in a sad voice. But if you will be patient, I will try to find something for you to eat. He ran back to the ruins of the palace and began searching for bits of food with which to satisfy the hunger of the king, when to his surprise he observed the goat Bilbil wandering among the marble blocks. What? cried Inga. Didn't the warriors get you either? If they had, calmly replied Bilbil, I shouldn't be here. But how did you escape? asked the boy. Easily enough, I kept my mouth shut and stayed away from the rascals, said the goat. I knew that the soldiers would not care for a skinny old beast like me, for to the eye of a stranger I seemed good for nothing. Had they known I could talk, and that my head contained more wisdom than a hundred of their own noddles, I might not have escaped so easily. Perhaps you are right, said the boy. I suppose they got the old man, carelessly remarked Bilbil. What old man? Rinkitink. Oh, no, his majesty is at the bottom of the well, said Inga, and I don't know how to get him out again. Then let him stay there, suggested the goat. That would be cruel, I am sure, Bilbil, that you are fond of the good king, your master, and do not mean what you say. Together, let us find some way to save poor King Rinkitink. He is a very jolly companion, and has a heart exceedingly kind and gentle. Oh, well, the old boy isn't so bad, taken altogether, admitted Bilbil, speaking in a more friendly tone, but his bad jokes and fat laughter tire me dreadfully at times. Prince Inga now ran back to the well, the goat following more leisurely. Here's Bilbil, shouted the boy to the king. The enemy didn't get him, it seems. That's lucky for the enemy, said Rinkitink, but it's lucky for me, too. For perhaps the beast can assist me out of this hole. 
if you can let a rope down the well, I am sure that you and Bilbil, pulling together, will be able to drag me to the earth's surface. Be patient, and we will make the attempt, replied Inga encouragingly, and he ran to search the ruins for a rope. Presently he found one that had been used by the warriors in toppling over the towers, which in their haste they had neglected to remove, and with some difficulty he untied the knots and carried the rope to the mouth of the well. Bilbil had lain down to sleep, and the refrain of a merry song came in muffled tones from the well, proving that Rinkitink was making a patient endeavor to amuse himself. I found a rope, Inga called down to him, and then the boy proceeded to make a loop in one end of the rope for the king to put his arms through, and the other end he placed over the drum of the windlass. He now aroused Bilbil and fastened the rope firmly around the goat's shoulders. Are you ready? asked the boy, leaning over the well. I am, replied the king. And I am not, growled the goat, for I have not yet had my nap out. Old Rinky will be safe enough in the well until I've slept an hour or two longer. But it is damp in the well, protested the boy, and King Rinkitink may catch the rheumatism, so that he will have to ride upon your back wherever he goes. Hearing this, Bilbil jumped up at once. Let's get him out, he said earnestly. Hold fast, shouted Inga to the king. Then he seized the rope and helped Bilbil to pull. They soon found the task more difficult than they had supposed. Once or twice the king's weight threatened to drag both the boy and the goat into the well to keep Rinkitink company. But they pulled sturdily, being aware of this danger, and at last the king popped out of the hole and fell sprawling full length upon the ground. For a time he lay panting and breathing hard to get his breath back, while Inga and Bilbil were likewise worn out from their long strain at the rope. So the three rested quietly upon the grass and looked at one another in silence. Finally Bilbil said to the king, I'm surprised at you. Why were you so foolish as to fall down that well? Don't you know it's a dangerous thing to do? You might have broken your neck in the fall or been drowned in the water. Bilbil replied the king solemnly, You're a goat. Do you imagine I fell down the well on purpose? I imagine nothing, retorted Bilbil. I only know you were there. There? <laughs> to be sure, I was there, laughed Rinkitink. There in a dark hole where there was no light. There in a watery well where the wetness soaked me through and through. <laughs> through and through. How did it happen? inquired Inga. I was running away from the enemy, explained the king, and I was carelessly looking over my shoulder at the same time, to see if they were chasing me. So I did not see the well, but stepped into it and found myself tumbling down to the bottom. I struck the water very neatly and began struggling to keep myself from drowning, but presently I found that when I stood upon my feet on the bottom of the well, that my chin was just above the water. So I stood still and yelled for help, but no one heard me. If the warriors had heard you, said Bilbil, they would have pulled you out and carried you away to be a slave. Then you would have been obliged to work for a living, and that would be a new experience. Work! exclaimed Rinkitink. Me work? Hoo hoo! Hee hee hee! How absurd! I'm so stout, not to say chubby, not to say fat, that I can hardly walk. And I couldn't earn my salt at hard work. 
So I'm glad the enemy did not find me, Bilbil. How many others escaped? That I do not know, replied the boy, for I have not yet had time to visit the other parts of the island. When you have rested and satisfied your royal hunger, it might be well for us to look around and see what the thieving warriors of Rigos and Carigos have left us. An excellent idea, declared Rinkitink. I am somewhat feeble from my long confinement in the well, but I can ride upon Bilbil's back, and we may as well start at once. Hearing this, Bilbil cast a surly glance at his master, but said nothing, since it was really the goat's business to carry King Rinkitink wherever he desired to go. They first searched the ruins of the palace, and where the kitchen had once been, they found a small quantity of food that had been half hidden by a block of marble. This they carefully placed in a sack to preserve for future use, the little fat king having first eaten as much as he cared for. This consumed some time, for Rinkitink had been exceedingly hungry and liked to eat in a leisurely manner. When he had finished the meal, he straddled Bilbil's back and set out to explore the island, Prince Inga walking by his side. They found on every hand ruin and desolation. The houses of the people had been pilfered of all valuables and then torn down or burned. Not a boat had been left upon the shore, nor was there a single person, man or woman or child, remaining upon the island save themselves. The only inhabitants of Pingaree now consisted of a fat little king, a boy, and a goat. Even Rinkitink, merry-hearted as he was, found it hard to laugh in the face of this mighty disaster. Even the goat, contrary to its usual habit, refrained from saying anything disagreeable. As for the poor boy, whose home was now a wilderness, the tears came often to his eyes as he marked the ruin of his dearly loved island. When at nightfall they reached the lower end of Pingaree and found it swept as bare as the rest, Inga's grief was almost more than he could bear. Everything had been swept from him, parents, home, and country, in so brief a time that his bewilderment was equal to his sorrow. Since no house remained standing in which they might sleep, the three wanderers crept beneath the overhanging branches of a casa tree and curled themselves up as comfortably as possible. So tired and exhausted were they by the day's anxieties and griefs that their troubles soon faded into the mists of dreamland. Beast and king and boy slumbered peacefully together until wakened by the singing of the birds which greeted the dawn of a new day. End of chapter 4